Expanding our knowledge through those amongst us is a privilege we take for granted. Join me as we explore the minds of our fellow beings to unlock their knowledge for ourselves. Greetings, fellow travelers and storytellers. Welcome to the first guest entry of the Arthadian Anthologies podcast, second season. Today, I have on Damian Davis, a business partner of mine who has established his own universal lore that holds the building blocks of religions across the world. We discuss in this entry comparative myths and how he implements them. Quick disclaimer before we begin, it took some time to get the recording right being as though my equipment isn't up to par with mainstream podcasts, you may hear a few echoes sprinkled in. I am saving up for better equipment, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Uh, Damian Davis, who is my first guest for the second season. Uh, this is comparative mythology we are going to be focusing on and how religion can be implemented into world building. Uh, Damian has been uh, kind of working alongside me as a business partner in a sense and, and uh more master cohort, cohort in, a, in, a, in a way where he has been creating his, entire, his entirely own uh, multiverses and, and all that stuff uh, for, well, be, before we even started talking and, um, and we met through an MMORPG called uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. If you played it, uh, it it's pretty fun. Um, but uh, we met through role-playing on, on there and now uh, we role-play kind of online and uh, as, as our own characters and all our own lore and building upon our universes together. Uh, so Damien, uh, with that introduction out of the way, um, what is your definition, your full, like, your full kind of understanding of mythology and religion and comparative mythology and all that stuff? Um, how, what what brought you to this to this uh, this I guess this passion of yours to begin with? I love mythology. Mythology is just vast, basically like endless. I mean, we don't know everything about it. We've lost so much, but the stuff we yeah. do have, it's always connecting. Even on you know the other side of the planet, somebody will have a myth or a legend that is similar to someone where you, uh, where you are. Yeah. It's just completely chaotic, but still structured in a way that it could actually have links well, to each other. All of them be connected. And uh, how, how do you find those links yourself? What, what kind of research do you, do you go into to find those links? Well, I mean, honestly, it's not too hard. You can look on the internet, you can look through books, you can, you know, just do basic research anywhere. Your local yeah. library will probably have a lot of Greek books. Good start. If you don't yeah, wanna, and, and then... Yeah, if you don't want to go to the library, just go on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, when, when you go to implement it into your lore, is it... Um... How 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 do you how do you like go go about doing so? Do you do you use like um, do you kind of create your own, your own pantheon in a sense and and put them together or like what what do you do? 
Yes and no. What I like to do is look for the stories that I like, the ones that inspire me, you know, my favorites. And I kind of pick and choose which ones I want to incorporate, look for connections and kind of mix multiple gods into one. So like um, Odin and Zeus, they're so similar. It's not even funny. They both have a, you know, demigod son who's half something and half God. Yeah. Thor was half giant and, you know, Hercules, obviously just half human. But uh, both of them gift their son different things, send him on quests. It's just an overlap that can't be ignored. So, yeah. obviously, if you're going to be making gods in your world that are based directly off of others, you can just kind of mix the ones that you like. And most of them will have a counterpart. Egyptian, Greek, Norse, you know, yeah. rising numbers. And, uh, and so when you when you go to implement this in, into your own lore, so what are your favorite gods and what are the fa- your favorite comparisons between them? Okay. Okay. So probably my favorite gods, Loki and Prometheus. All right. Okay. <clears throat> so... Loki is a trickster god. Prometheus is technically a titan, which is like a greater god. They're like the, you know, second generations of gods. Whereas the Olympians... Yeah, the Olympians, Zeus and all his people are the third. Yeah, going back to to high school times when you're learning about Greek mythology and you're just like, uh... Yeah. Yeah, but Prometheus and Loki both have the same kind of structure. Prometheus is actually the titan of foresight, which means kind of like thinking about things before you do them, you know, kind of knowing whether it's yeah. wise or not. But, Hindsight uh, 2020. Yeah, he was also a trickster god in a way, and he was a patron of humanity. He stole fire, gave it to the man. And uh, the men were actually a creation of his. He was the creator of man in Greek mythology. Not Zeus, hmm. nobody else, just him. Yeah. And he's the one that molded them out of, out of play, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember my, 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 my own mythology and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like to think that's why there's uh, different people all over. It's different clo- uh, colors of clay. Yeah. You know? So, so how, is, how is Prometheus... And Loki, similar. They were both tortured by the gods after being punished. Hmm. Loki was tied to a rock in a cave, and a snake dripped venom into his wounds until Ragnarok. Oh, yes. Ragnarok. We we all know what that is. (laughs) And uh, Ragnarok's the end of the gods in, you know, Norse mythology, obviously. But uh, yes, Prometheus kind of had his set in the opposite direction. He had the Titanomancy, which was like the war between the Olympians and the Titans. And he actually sided with the Olympians during that. Got chained really? to the rock after and had his liver oh. eaten by a eagle day after day. Oh. <clears throat> that, that, that sounds like fun. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I was talking about Hercules and Thor being kind of similar before. Yeah. But 
where they differ in this is specifically their interactions with these two characters that are kind of similar. Thor and Loki are absolutely rivals and are enemies of Ragnarok. But Hercules actually saves Prometheus. He frees him from his imprisonment by his father. That's interesting. The uh, centaur Charon, you know, kind of just gives his life to, you know, save him, and they free from Atheus. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like where that. So, happens. so you you use these these stories and these and, and and implement them into your own lore and your own world building. Uh, w- when it comes to that that story itself and how how they differ from from one another, uh, one one where where Thor is is Loki's like rival, whereas uh, Hercules is Prometheus like Prometheus's savior. How do you what what story do you choose from, or do you do you kind of like allow them to kind of live in their own separate realities? Well, you could just do it any way you want. Honestly, uh, what I like to think is that both of them are the same person. Okay, so yeah. they were rivals. And it's kind of like a forgiveness, you could say. Maybe, yeah. you know, like he freed Prometheus, like, forgiving him, and Ragnarok never happened. Or maybe it did. Or it's like teaching a lesson like to, yeah. to whoever, whoever is reading it. Um, and that's kind of like the premise of religion oh, in, in the Christianity and uh mm. Judeo-Christian sense, where where the Bible teaches lessons uh, for for humanity to kind of learn from. Um, uh, but for now, let I, I actually want to kind of like shift our conversation into uh, creation myths okay. and how certain god how, how those gods are similar uh, in that regard to the different creation myths that that you uh you have researched so you want to talk about the creation of the world or creation of man because those will get me in two different paths okay um let's start with the creation of the world all right okay so lots of people have different myths on the creation of the world um yeah i actually prefer the norse way of creating the world so the the norse gods and you know the primordials that were kind of like the starting bigger gods of everybody bigger than the you know vanir and the easier there was one primordial have, god yeah i have no idea what those yeah, are <laughs> the, there was one primordial god called yamir okay yamir yamir y-m-i-r and uh he was just the first guy basically just out in the middle of nowhere him and his brother i believe but um okay there was them and a cow which he suckled from well yamir ended up dying and that's how the world came to be because his flesh became the land his blood became the oceans his bones became the stone it's just kind of you know fucked up but i like so- it so he died. Yeah. So he died. And life. And then his body just becomes yeah, the world. Yeah, his body becomes, you know, Midgard, specifically Midgard. 
Midgard. Yeah. yeah, the others have their own little world creation myths. The Norse have a creation myth for pretty much every world, as far as I've seen. I mean, it, in a way, uh, that kind of like ties to how when we when we bury someone, they they start to decompose and become one with one with yeah. the earth. Yeah, like uh, the Yggdrasil, you know, the world tree, it kind of has its roots growing into everything, which is kind of like regrowth. But uh, life sprung from Ymir, and uh, one of the first creatures that crawled from his flesh like maggots were the dwarves. That's how dwarves happened. Oh, yeah. They were maggot-like creatures. That's interesting. Yeah, it's... It's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I like it. So, I I remember in in your in your lore, uh, it, the first creature, the first beings to come about, I, I believe they were gnomes. Yes. Is that yes, correct? Somewhat. Um. So. I actually stole that so directly it, from Norse mythology. Kind of mixed in there. Oh yes. Yeah. Um. So how. How do you go about your own creation myths when it comes to a, like world building, like your your own so, world, um, using using religion as as a as a kind of ground what I level? Do specifically, with my um, thing, is because I have multiple you know cultures kind of worshiping their gods differently, maybe the same pantheon differently. I have it yeah. so that pretty much everybody has their own idea on creation, but nobody really knows which one's real. Oh, yeah, yeah, which is basically yeah, this, how the this world culture works. over here <laughs> thinks that one of the gods sneezed and that created the universe, and another one believes another one farted, and that's how that happened. And they'll, and they'll kill each oh, other oh. if you don't believe that, you know. Like their their yeah. way is right, but uh, that sounds that sounds very similar to to how our yeah. world works. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> a good story element gets a lot of conflict. But uh yeah. lots of different ways that the world get create uh, gets created. But uh that's probably my favorite. Yeah. And then um for the creation myth on the uh humanity mm-hmm. side, uh what what is your favorite and how how do you go about uh Kind of implementing that into your lore. Oh, I've been talking about the creation of man from clay constantly because it is actually the most prevalent yes. of all of them. All the ways men are created, clay is the most prevalent. You get it from, what, you get it from the Epic of Gilgamesh. The goddess Aruru oh, yes, created, yes. you know, the first man. You yes. get it from Greek mythology with Prometheus. Um, we talked about that. And why why is clay so important? It's part think? of the world, and the world's special to us. We named it dirt. Oh yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Dirt. <laughs> dirt always has a special place with us. <laughs> dirt always provides us food. A lot of us get buried in it. It's the last resting place. It's our little blue dot. Oh wait, it's supposed yeah. to be green, right? Or yeah. brown? Wait. It's whatever color of the area you're in, really. It'll be red here, yellow there, yep. brown, black. But uh, red. Yeah, where all the blood is the creation of man from clay is in pretty much every 
culture I've ever, you know, read about. I mean, even the Hindus, the, you know, it's everywhere. Even Yahweh, the Hebrew God, the one that was, you know, like, we need to destroy all the idols of all these gods and I shall be the one true God. And that ended up kind of sprouting into, you know, Judaism, which, you know, Christianity, Islam, the current big ones based yeah. off of that yeah let's go from let's go from so, creation of man to something else so okay. maybe fire myths you know i talked about you know prometheus yeah. stealing fire for humans some cultures believe you know like a fox may set its tail on fire and run down and that's how man discovers fire lightning comes into hmm. a lot of teachings the book of enoch fallen angels give it to you know humans the book of enoch yeah i actually want to hear more about the book of the enoch book of enoch has a lot of weird things in it um it's kind of hard to research okay the way it's written you know yeah. But uh Yeah, and then it kind of focuses on like the great grandfather of, you know, like Noah and stuff like that, I believe. Ooh, no yeah. Noah's Ark. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that that's yeah. the one. Yeah, Enoch That's Enoch something that focuses on into. like demons, the <laughs> Nephilim, the angels fucking up everything. <clears throat> but yeah. uh uh, you want to talk about Noah? I mean, like flood myths. Right after fire myths, there's there's a flood myth in Hinduism, Christianity, Greek, Norse, Aztec. I mean, like Dang. Christianity, Noah builds an ark. Hindu, Manu builds an ark. Bet you didn't know that. There's. There's people building. There's people building arcs in other cultures. Manu is basically like the Noah of them. Probably the same person. Yeah. Again, comparative mythology, you know, or comparative history. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, these stories must have yeah. came from somewhere. Yeah, people travel. They talk. And. Uh, they tell stories. That's kind of what their entertainment was back then. Stories. stories yeah. Obviously, got around. And and for for flood myths, they're kind of like a, a cataclysmic event that kind of changes the world, turns it upside mm-hmm. down, and, and and makes people. Uh, well. Yeah. Fight usually, to usually it's kind yeah. of like a way for the gods or whatever entities that are in charge to purge the undesirables. More often than not, it's just kind of uh, like, you know, let's use this to kill all of the bad people. Do you think we're going to go through a flood at some well, point? Well, the Christians <laughs> believe the next one's going to be fire, so that's going to be fun. But, uh... Oh, oh. Floods Wait, well, have what? happened what? in the real world. There's evidence that massive floods have happened. Scientific evidence, if that's your religion. Yeah. Um. Like, there's, it's happened. I mean, even if you don't believe the but, religious but text, Christian... the scientists are saying it as now. So. Yeah. 
Christians believe that there's going to be a, yeah, a massive fire. Yeah, the world's supposed to be bathed in fire. The you know the next time the world's cleansed. So would that like kind of? Do you think that would be like a, uh, uh, in a sense, like global warming yeah. or something like that? Whatever. Yeah, it could they're, be anything. Could climbing. be global warming, burning everything up. It could be nukes. It could be, you know, anything. Yeah, that, 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 that's true. Honest, honestly, that's true. I wouldn't be surprised um, if it was another ice age or something and we just get frozen to death. I mean, that's happen happened several times, too. It's just the fact that it can't kill humans. You know, the last few times it's happened anyway. Yeah. Well, because back then, humans were stronger. Now, yep. now we're freaking weak. I mean, a lot of people will die in the first um, few weeks because they won't be able to wipe their ass out toilet paper. So... <laughs> uh, yeah. we are pitiful people but there will be yeah. those you know backwoods yeah. you know like lives up in Canada fucks bears kind of guy that's gonna basically repopulate the world <laughs> later yeah they, I mean there, there's those people who, who prepare everything prepare for mm -hmm. the worst hope for the best yeah, you're... um and I know it's that it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because nobody I will literally that... be laughing at them when they're the only people left. Yeah, they're they Well, I mean, the thing is that like I know that humanity will survive. I just think that most most of the time, humanity can be mm. extremely foolish, and they as soon as they get comfortable with something, they stay in that comfortable spot. And they won't try to become better. But they, I mean, there's there's people that will become better, but that is like the minority. Whereas the majority of people are just the ones that stay in a stagnant place. And and if you tell them to do something, they will just be like, no, like no, they they won't listen. Yeah. And then um, there's no getting there's no getting to them. Yeah. Well, I'm under the opinion point. that there's more good people than bad people because. It's just the fact that the bad people are a lot louder, and the you know the kind people are just quiet about it. Kind people are quiet about it. Yep, yep. And but also the kind people are yeah. usually the ones that are scared exactly. to speak up. Yeah. Uh, back, back to uh, anyways, we're, we're, we could kind of went, went, went off. We got into some dark territories <laughs> again. Uh, let's go to dragons and serpents. That's a fun one. Oh yes, yes. Uh, I, how I use my my dragons is mm -hmm. is probably way yeah, different. Yeah, I know your crystal-chested um, dragons. Um, oh yeah, my 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 mm. cosmic dragons and stuff. Uh, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't that, uh, dove into mm. in regards to lore for uh, not just this podcast, but like the codex entries and and the universe itself. But that's going to be inside my next uh, book that I'm mm. going to be writing. Um, but any, but for now, let's let's talk about uh, dragons and well, you can't talk about sense. comparative mythology without talking about dragons. That would just be stupid. Um, serpents and dragons are in every culture as well. I mean, you got the codals of the Aztecs. You got the you know dragons from Europe and China and Asia and all that. Europe, you know, like it's it's everywhere. Yeah, one side of the world or the other. There's not a continent so, not like, touched by a serpent. <clears throat> 
dragons tend to be a like a symbol of, of uh, what what what, do, what are the symbols? Like, what do what do they like? Yeah, kind of, kind of like corruption, that? sneakiness, and stuff like that. I mean, if you think about you know serpents, probably think of snakes first. They wait and strike. That's a lot of yeah. people's views on it, but uh, it's it's kind of strange. I mean, you got serpents that are good. Like the world serpents. There's several world yeah. serpents. There's the Ouroboros, which bites its tail, kind of in a circle. Jormonger, you know, Loki's child, is a giant snake. It kind of does the same mm. thing Ouroboros does. Yeah. It's the world serpent. It bites its own tail as well. It's the Ouroboros of the Norse. So there are good and bad serpents. Of course, Christians don't like them. Jews don't like them, you know. Basically, anybody just based off of Judaism is probably not going to like the idea of serpents. Of course, I wouldn't either if I lived yeah. in the desert. Uh, they don't. They don't tend to have the most friendly yeah, ones out there, just... you know. Yeah. And yeah, snakes are sneaky. But um. With with dragons in, in in your lore, they're they're well, and and a lot of like you know fantasy style settings, they're, they're greedy and like hungry hmm. and and stuff. Um, how do you how do you so use another dragons? thing? I like to steal from the Norse. The first dragon in Norse mythology was actually Fafnir, who started off a dwarf. Basically, he kills his family members trying to steal their wealth, and he steals this ring, and it's enchanted and cursed. And it turns him into a dragon. Hmm. Kind of like a drake, you know, a wingless dragon. But he gets corrupted yeah. into a serpent, because he's conniving and, you know, nasty. Essentially, he was too greedy to be a dwarf. That should tell you something. <clears throat> yeah. Dang. Yeah. But that, uh, so so but, your 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 dragons come yeah, from dwarves. somewhat. I mean other people could probably get corrupted into them. I could see it. But for the majority of it, the ancient ones are going to be dwarves. Just because I like the idea that, you know, dwarves you... have always had a uh, rivalry with dragons. You know, they hire humans to kill them. They yeah. fight them. I mean look at Tolkien. He wrote a whole book about dwarves getting mad at dragons. Yeah. So. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Smog was actually yeah, based I mean, off Fafnir in a way. I'm not too sure, but I'm fairly certain. You know? Yeah, it's kind yeah, of sure. yeah. hazily clear, you know. Yeah. Uh well so where do dragons get the breathing fire, like fire breathing dragons from? Uh. Hmm. That's kind of European-y and Asian-y. It's a little bit everywhere. I mean, the serpents in Aztec, you know, mythology kind of do it too, so it, it can't be pinned down anywhere. But, uh... Yeah. I think the idea was that they said that they smelled like sulfur because they were kind of demonic in their own way in a lot of the European beliefs. So the smell of sulfur is kind of identified with demons and fire 
So it would make sense that that would be a connection they'd end up making to make them breathe fire and make them scarier, you know? Like the, sal yeah. the salamander is the yeah, elemental of fire. And it's a lizard with a burning tail. Hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of serpents that are connected to fire. I don't know why. That's probably why, but, you know, I'd guess. Yeah. Uh, are there dragon yes. gods? Oh, yes. There are plenty of dragon gods. Uh, the A Asian cultures kind of tend to lean that way, too. Yeah. Of course, their dragons are a lot yeah. different than the European ones, but still dragons. Yeah. Tiamat. Now, Tiamat. <laughs> Tiamat's D&D's version. Yeah, I, I uh, personally yeah. don't like D&D lore. It's uh, yeah. kind of annoying to me. But um, like Tiamat in real mythology was kind of you know like a woman to begin with. She was a creator goddess, and essentially what happened was that she. Uh, it's kind of considered the monstrous embodiment of chaos. Okay. And after hmm. her husband dies, yeah. she just basically makes a transformation into a serpent, into a dragon. So a woman turns into a dragon in this one. That's essentially that version of hmm. it. So dwarves aren't the only ones in that case. Does Tiamat come from a specific Babylonian. Like, mythology? Yes. Babylonian, oh. I mean, that, make, that actually makes sense. That the name mm -hmm. sounds Babylonian. Babylon. Yeah, uh, ironically, she kind of yeah. causes the Chaos Kumpf, which is like the Ragnarok of Babylon. Because she wants oh. to, you know, get revenge. Yeah, she well, correctly assumed that they were planning on usurping oh. her husband's throne, and they killed him anyway. So, uh, so um, with with how many different pantheons mm -hmm. there are, um, and how how does one make how does one make them coexist well, with each other? Like, I would I would if, recommend that you kind of try to mix them into the same gods. Uh, it, it tends to be like this. So more primitive cultures have, well, starting, you know, like singular gods, and then they kind of spread out and touch other cultures and kind of absorb their gods. And then they become complex characters and complex, you know, cultures. And then they start trying to narrow those characters down into, you know, smaller characters and, they make them related yeah. or they make them, you know, just similar. Or maybe they have two war goddesses and they're like, oh, this should be the same person. It's just a different name. <laughs> That's happened in real mythology. Yeah. I mean, Aphrodite was Ishtar and, you know, Inanna and all these others. <clears throat> so there's a lot of gods that were just kind of their own thing there's before they got, you know, adopted by other cultures. Hmm. Of course, uh, 
the, the Christians I... had a good way of dealing with that. So what they did was they uh, they would go into yeah. a new area. Like, let's say they're trying to get the Norse to believe in their, you know, things. And they're kind of like, oh, well, uh, your gods aren't, well, uh... you know, gods, but they're maybe angels. You know, something lesser than their god, but still very divine and powerful. <laughs> and uh, they did that yeah. a lot with the Celts. Yeah. The Celtic beliefs got basically absorbed by Christianity. You could you can look through uh, like Arthur and the Round Table and all that, and you can see a lot of Celtic Christianity. That is yeah. probably the most uh, special one because you know Merlin's kind of more of a druid than a wizard, if you look at it. Somewhat, yeah. Really? He was kind of like a druid to begin with, and he kind of got turned into a wizard. He's kind of passed over. He's kind of passed over from being a villain of, to a hero, and then that, you know, that Disney. Nah, is that Disney's nah, doing? He was a wizard way after that. I way before that. I mean, but uh, yeah. it's just the fact yeah. that druids started kind of falling out of the, you know, public eye, and then got picked up later. But druids are kind of like you know your hedge wizards anyway. Yeah. They're all foresty <laughs> in nature. But they're not nice. Yeah, that's true. They're not like everybody seems to think they are. Druids in the Celtic religion were savage, you know, pretty fucked up priests. They loved their. Oh uh, no, you said savage. Yeah, yeah, I said savage. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. There are no savage people. I better not go to Ireland. There may be like a naked redheaded man running at me with a spear soon. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> I love I love the Irish they got a good thing going for them the only ones that the Romans could never really conquer everybody else fights them oh, yeah. you know normal and then you go on their beach and they're just a bunch of naked people running at you with erections throwing spears at you <laughs> oh, geez. I mean, nobody wants to go back after they invade that place once <laughs> <laughs> um so with with gods and religion and all that stuff how do aliens tie into uh, this i've got a good one for you the uh god anu okay he had the anunnaki who served him yeah and the anunnaki uh they're kind of famously like the closest thing you could find in, you know, mythology to, you know, aliens, because they actually came to earth. Okay. Came here from the sky and they can, uh, they basically created man to mine gold. That's the, you know, man creation story there. Yeah. Which, oh. yeah. Which gold has a lot the of, mine... uh, you know, uses in space, but, uh, if you've ever oh, yeah. watched Ancient Aliens, the Anunnaki comes up constantly in there because they love their Sumerian myths. <laughs> you know, because it's so far back that we barely know anything about it, so it's easy to twist it to whatever goal you want. But, uh, yeah, if you want, yeah. you want aliens, the Anunnaki the, are the perfect ancient... ones, I believe. 
Yeah. Ancient aliens. Of course, there's a lot of, uh, you know, like African religions that do the head binding thing and make the elongated skulls. Yeah. That's pretty, you know, alien inspired itself. If you think about it. Yes. But the Anunnaki are probably the closest, I would say. So were they... Hmm. And you use yes. Anunnaki inside yes, your... just because they're so easily accessible. Yeah. I make them kind of like yeah. my little gray aliens. I make them kind of like my little gray aliens. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're like yeah. Newgonians in a way. Yeah, they're... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my, my, with my lore, I, I tend to take a little bit from religion, but I, I like to be very... Like try to try to originalize everything, even though nothing's original. It's more like just uh, what's it called? Mm-hmm. Um, contemporary, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is is the word I'm looking for? Um, mm-hmm. But with with aliens and all that stuff, uh, there's also like there's also stuff talking about how maybe back. Uh, this is this is kind of like woo, crazy stuff. This is like where like okay, Mo, Mose, Moses was speaking to the burning bush, and the burning bush is apparently some kind of like crazy drug that he had, and he like spoke to aliens through that drug, and then like that <laughs> there's like some crazy theories and conspiracies about about religion and how that coexists with aliens and and there's actual artwork of like weird flying saucer like things with like um religious connotation mm. to it as well i forget where i saw that i have um uh-huh. but do you think that uh, also with like angels yeah, and like how they actually look the, the they don't look human. <laughs> human just so that they could talk to us the seraphim uh, you know, and once you get higher than that, they, they're eldritch monstrosities. Your mind would crack yeah. seeing these things. Yeah. That's why in the Bible it says, do not be afraid when they appear. Because anybody normal looking at that would be like, what the hell is that? They're supposed to be, you know, seven winged entities. They didn't say nothing about arms or legs. Be aware. No humanized, you know, points yeah. of them bunch of eyes and wings and masses of bunch of yeah eye, yeah weird ring yeah, like something that would be and... you know honestly terrifying to witness <laughs> which is why they have the more human angels as messengers yeah and probably why they're so dangerous because they're not even yeah. really human they just appear it you know like they take the appearance to calm us but uh you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe when uh, the faiths say that God built us in His image, maybe they just meant intellectually. You know, it could be some kind of intellectual alien that thinks somewhat like us, or maybe it's something that kind of looks somewhat physically close to us, but just thinks on a whole new level. It could go either way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a good talk yeah. for an alien episode. Oh yeah, we, we should definitely do that. We should definitely do that. Um, but for for this episode, uh, let's get to the, the last thing. Um, with with 
all the religions and stuff and like all that you have created are you still adding to it or are you do you add on to it uh, onto whatever lore you're you're using um using the mythology as well as like the, the backbone like what what do you add on to it or do you add more oh, gods wow. to your pantheon um that, wow. are, that I do aren't is, in religion or I've kind of limited it down to six just so I don't end up like the Hindus where they have thousands of gods and they have to have temples full of books to, you know, have a page for each one. Because uh, I don't got time for that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only one, man. I, I don't have time. Yeah, to you got this whole, guy that's an avatar, this guy that's religion. also an incarnation of this, <laughs> and they're all the same creature, but, you know, there's hundreds of him. <clears throat> no thank you uh i yes. like it it's pretty interesting but it's never something you're going to know everything about and i like knowing as much as i can yeah. talking about uh you know, kind of like making my own thing i do you know twist it but in a way that i'm taking yeah. other cultures and kind of mixing it in to make it fit the story i uh don't actually like making my own original thing very often i do but I prefer to actually keep it as close to mythology as I can. Yeah. So what can you give me an example of like one that you've created that's close to mythology, but is still okay. kind of original okay, okay. in a way. So I have, uh, let's say this uh, goddess of beauty. Okay. Kind of like Aphrodite and every other, you know, <laughs> like goddess kind of mixed into her war beauty diplomacy yeah. they're all the same you know goddess in this so essentially if you're if you're like a warrior war, you know, anything like that you're trying to gain her favor she's kind of like the one that leads the valkyries and the one that also protects diplomats and basically you know like keeps the love in the family but sometimes not always you know faithful love because you know there might be another goddess over here that actually has family values but she's more about war and sometimes when war (laughs) gets mixed in with love it doesn't end well or people go love on people that don't like it so there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities for her to turn yep. dark. So, so why did you choose war and beauty? Ironically, in the same because goddess? pretty much every war god and goddess is linked with love and lust and beauty. Yes, like I said, with really? you know, Ishtar, huh. who became kind of like Aphrodite and all the others. She was a war goddess primarily, not like lust or anything or love or whatever. Mainly war. Hmm. That's why, yeah. you know, Ares in Greek mythology fell in love with yeah. her a lot. I mean, like Athena? Like, is she Athena? Like a, uh, a war goddess? Uh, kind of. So, I don't remember. I, I'm, yeah, I think I'm thinking kind about of Percy like uh, more. <laughs> like the virgin wisdom goddess but she's also warfare be aware her and Hades, uh, uh, you know like 
I mean, yeah. that's kind of shit. Like, Ares, I'm sorry. Her and Ares kind of have, like, a thing for fighting over war. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, originally, Aphrodite was, like, the yeah. original war goddess. You know, predating those two, mm. by far. Like, she's Sumerian, you know, in origin. Yeah, I tend to yeah. prefer the older gods. Aphrodite. Just because, you know, if they yeah. do exist, those would probably be the ones. Ones closer to the original content that we've kind of lost. Because, you know, as it goes on, it gets twisted and changed to people and cultures, you know, goals and viewpoints. And yeah, each generation changes the stories to kind of fit yeah, their, their the, own The closest biases. you're going to get to a true yeah. point of view is going to be the old days, when nobody actually gave a fuck. You know? <laughs> Yeah, which was kind of a simpler time. I mean, you you know, you you, you cut somebody's hand off, you get your hand cut off. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Equivalent. So imagine it. You go down the street, somebody rear ends them, it rear ends you. You know, you go to court, they just knock out his back head uh, headlights. Like, it's fair. I don't like the idea that you know, like <laughs> if you. Like, build a house and it falls on somebody's son, they have to kill your son. That's not exactly fair. But, uh, I mean, eye for an eye can be kind of confusing yeah. if you think about the obscurity of it. Where, do, where does this eye for an eye yeah. end? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be very interesting. It'd be very interesting if, that, if that's how, how oh, yeah. the world religious actually works. And religious creeds and everything. They're viewpoints are interesting and very volatile and solely based off what culture you're in yeah and solely based off the culture. i mean you can you can have the jewish the christians and right. you know, well, islamic beliefs all in the same room and they're worshiping essentially the same god like you know everybody talks about christian and jews and you know islam like it's different but it's the yeah, fucking they, same they and people are killing each other yeah. over and if, if if they heard us talking oh. about this, they probably want to kill us and be yeah, like, "No, they're different, they're completely least. different." Um, but that's just how the world works. We'll get this off. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Don't don't be offended. We're just you know taking taking it from our mm -hmm. point of view and our opinion. Okay. Okay. This is not obviously it's not fact, and we'll, we'll be smited if. I'm Yours kind of agnostic. Correct. I don't you really know? think that we'll know Doesn't what's matter. real and what's not. It's kind of beyond our point of view. I'm... I don't hate religion. I'm not like one of those yes. extreme atheists. I'm not very religious. I'm not going to judge you. It... <laughs> For not being. Yeah, we just like creating our own I like, religions. I like talking about it. Putting, putting and learning about as... it. If I hated it, I wouldn't yes. care. <laughs> yes. Mm. And you shouldn't care either. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I believe that is it for our conversation. Do you have anything else you would like to Go add? Go online. Damien? Research it. Go online. Learn. Knowledge Learn. never hurts. Learn. The more you know. Knowledge Rainbow. Never hurts. The more you know. The, the more you know. Rainbow. Thank you.
Thank you, Salalipop, mm-hmm. Damian Davis, for joining me on Arthavian Anthologies. And I look forward to our next meeting. And maybe, potentially, if we can, if we can muster it up, possibly a future game session. Oh, yes. Or as long as I'm getting paid the same um, amount. Oh, yes. Guest appearance. yes. As long as I'm getting paid the same amount for this guest appearance. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I will. We, we will talk later, Damien. Thank you for coming on, and um, thank you all, all right. for listening to our conversation. I thank you for listening to our conversation. As I continue on with this podcast, my goal will be to expand it further, not just the universe, but the topics as well. Obviously, I want to keep it focused on storytelling as that's what I do, but there are many things that can be further explored, and I wish to do so with you. For this next week, the Pantheon of the Core is where we are headed. Once again, if you'd like to support my work, there are many ways you can donate. You can receive exclusive content through subscribestar.com slash reborninpower. That's reborn-in-power. You can also support this podcast through Anchor. There should be a link on Spotify or whatever podcasting app you use. But in the end, you can find all these ways to support my work through arthadiananthologies.com. And please share this with your friends who are looking for new ways to entertain themselves. Until then, thank you again for your support. Be safe. Stay safe. And if death comes to you, May you be reborn in power.